Welcome to the Intellectual Freedom Podcast. Here we analyze politics, culture, technology, and society at large through the lens of critical thinking and open-mindedness, not demagoguery and partisan hyperbole. I'm Dr. David Hopkins, Humanities Professor, your host and guide. So without further delay, let's get started. The beginning of living a fulfilled life is to understand the condition of your own mind. Most people, unfortunately, we walk around stuck in a meek and timid state, unwilling to push beyond our comfort zones, just doing a job because I have to pay the bills. Why do we do this? Why do we approach life scared, head bowed, shoulders slumped, when it comes to being more than where we are at? It's really an important question, a very important question. The other day I was sitting around, I was watching TV, and I saw that Just Okay is Not Okay commercial from AT&T, I believe is the one who puts these on. They're actually pretty funny commercials. And a person, for example, goes under a tax audit, uh, finds themselves just an okay accountant, and another one, a person's preparing for a surgery and the surgeon walks in just came off being under disciplinary action and then there have just a just okay surgeon of course the message is don't settle for just okay however way too many people in america settle for a life that is just okay i want to speak specifically about career and occupation So if you happen to be retired or a homemaker or career changer and you don't have a career right now, it still can help you how to invest your time to figure out kind of your purpose in life. So, but for those of us that are between those ages of 18 to 67 and you're in a job, the fact is 30 to 40% of our entire life is spent working. And I've podcasted about this in the past about where our time goes. So 30 to 40% of our life, that's a pretty significant amount of time. And so the title of of this episode, Why Do You Do What You Do, is important. Because when we make a career choice, it is one of the more important questions that we ever have to ask ourselves in our entire life. So why do we do what we do? First of all, let's talk about those few and proud like the Marines, those individuals that are lucky enough that they're in a position where they're making really good money, uh, they're secure, they're safe. If you're here and you enjoy your job, you find contentment in your job and you enjoy getting up in the morning and doing it despite ups and downs because every job has it, it's fulfilling. If so, Unfortunately, you're in the minority because a recent global Gallup poll, which literally polled one billion people, found only about 15% of the workers are fully satisfied with their career. The rest of us, the rest of the country and even the world are in some state of, yeah, it's pretty good. I kind of enjoy it too. Yeah, it's okay. I could do with it or do without it to downright on the opposite extreme, just flat out hate their job and they would do anything to switch out somewhere. So what is your situation right now? 
Is it if are you in a survival situation? You know, maybe you already know that where you're at as you're listening to this is just a temporary spot. Maybe COVID-19 puts you on layoff mode. Maybe you're just in a survival job. You know, you're a college student. I would say it's amazing. Over 80% of the college students now are working somewhere, at least part-time. Some are even working full-time. But you know that that position is not your dream job. It's there to help survive. Or more importantly, is it for money? You hate your job or you're just okay with your job, but you really look forward to the weekends. You really, really look forward to vacations, but you make good money. And thus you are literally trading your life for money. I don't mean to put it bluntly, but that is what you're doing if this is you. I did this for many years. And as I look back at some of my work that paid me the best money, it was also some of the most destructive to family and happiness I ever had. Maybe it's prestige. You like the title, the power, the leadership role. Or maybe some of you like the travel, the whatever. I don't know what it is for you. I've had a number of these positions too. They seemed really big and they seemed really important at the time. And the responsibilities, uh, just like, and all that prestige that came with those jobs, just like money, they fade over time. Or maybe you just simply don't know what in the world it is you want to do. You may have been trying different things, careers. You've started, stopped, completed various training programs or degrees, but you just simply can't figure it out. I know with my college students, over 50% of them, they have they start college and they literally have no idea of, of their career choice. And even those that graduate, studies are showing that 75% of the people who start a career after they finish a degree or training program will not just change a job from one position to another, but literally change their entire field within two to three years. So if you're in this boat you most definitely are not alone by any stretch of the imagination. So the question becomes, if you're going to spend 30 to 40% of your, of your life in a job, what must you do to break out of the 85% of the workers who are pretty content to downright just hating what they do? It isn't easy. Our modern culture is really, if we analyze this, it's set up to keep us pretty happy and content just enough to stay in a job with all due respect to the corporate culture of america it is one of providing enough just enough to keep workers and employees content enough with the perks the benefits the salary the vacation so that you don't up and leave them and go down the street and do something else the forces of supply and demand that drive what a company will offer and the goal of human resources is to balance getting the best talent with what they can get at the best price that they can get it none of the corporate culture is one of personal self-actualization for the worker it just isn't regardless of what they might say regardless of the flashy brochures they might hand out at a job fair it is not in the corporate culture to help you reach your best self the job of the corporation is to keep you okay if they can do it better than okay 
and keep you there and it's reasonable financially, they'll do that too. It's not that they're evil, but if you think about it, even those of you incredibly content in your job, can or will your employer bring you to a level of self-actualization? And I suppose I should probably define this term since I've now used it twice. What in the world is a self, what is self-actualization? It's what a person can be or he or she must be. In other words, being your best self. You hear that term in the modern vernacular. I want to be my best self. This self-actualization is a major human motivator. You know, once we meet the basics of food, shelter, and clothing are covered, the human mind seeks its best self if it's honestly pursuing them. So some key hallmarks of what self-actualization include would be things like personal contentment, spiritual awareness, expressions of creativity, giving back to society. It's kind of that ultimate form of realization. It's when you get this state of understanding of the meaning of one's life, of feeling completely alive and becoming the best person one can possibly be. It would be great if we could all get this in a job. But let's be real. This doesn't happen very often, if ever. Companies are just simply not interested in you achieving your best self, your self-actualized self, as if you would reach it and if you could get it in the job itself, they would probably be searching for your replacement because almost invariably, if you were at that state of self-actualization, you wouldn't be cornered into any job. We see so many millions of people who work in an entire career in a job because it's safe, it's secure, it's comfortable. They were, pre- they were treated pretty darn good all of the time. This is all a company wants. Keep talent at the lowest output by the company for as long as they can keep it. I often think about those billionaire owners like Jeff Bezos or Bezos. He's always talking about caring deeply for his employees, developing his employees to his best self. You hear him talk about society and he talks about giving to the community so they can reach their very best self. But I often wonder... Does Jeff Bezos really want an army of innovative entrepreneurs that grow and challenge his business? The cynic in me says, no way. He wants them achieving or feeling happy enough to be content in their job. But he doesn't really want each employee to reach their highest self. So it's actually at the end we have to get this mindset that it's our own personal responsibility in the end for each of us to pursue it. A degree, a business, an owner, a president, a politician, they cannot do this for us. But back to the conversation at hand. When we think about it, the epitome of a quote-unquote good company is one where the employee is satisfied just enough to stay. How many unfulfilled people traded all their time in the prime years of their life for that secure paycheck because it made them feel just okay? 
or my company's pretty darn good. It's a pretty darn safe place. It's a good place to work. These are not superior. These are not wonderful words of greatness, of self-actualization. It's that life like the AT&T commercial, just okay. Yet, is this and should this be the goal of the individual, not the employee, but the person occupying the position? I would argue it's not. Let me just say that another way. Really, as you as the person, the individual, your goal in where your time goes needs to be very carefully thought out and implemented. This is why at the beginning when I said I want to focus on the person who is working, but it works perfectly well for the homeowner, for the retired person as well. There is incredible power in you. It might be buried under the burden of bills, life life circumstances, even complacency, yet there is much more in you. The sad thing is human beings tend to move towards the mean, the average. I would argue you need to challenge this and go against the status quo of just going to a company because it's just okay or investing your entire life doing something that's all right, it's not bad, it's not good, but it's got a paycheck and it's got health insurance and a 401k plan. I believe many people just go through the just okay life because they fail to truly discover their life passion. If you don't know what your life passion is, well, then the default becomes an obvious selection. So, but why would anyone, why would anyone go out on a limb, go to the edge of the cliff, jump off and quit their job without any safety net when they have never even taken the time to discover what it is that it that thing that you're passionate about so instead they revert to the mean they revert to the alternative they revert to what society says is important and they stay in that just okay job actually it would be very illogical and i would never recommend this it would be dangerous without knowing what one is passionate about to just leave a job so thus the unexamined life quietly meekly walks through walks people through a career with everything just okay with some good times and bad times but mostly just sort of out there times let me as gently as i know how to say this it is not okay to zombie walk through life without taking the time to understand and utilize the best characteristics of who you are in new, vibrant, creative ways. No matter what your age, no matter where you are at life, you need to invest time to figure out how to reach self-actualization. I can only tell you this. The person who doesn't know who they are, doesn't even care enough to spend enough time to figure it out, will have much regret at the end of their life. I find this true in myself, as when I look back, I spent way too much time chasing money, and at times I made a lot of it. I also loved fancy titles. It Sadly, it fed my ego. I was an academic dean, vice president of academic affairs, chief academic officer, chief learning officer. Ooh, ah, they sounded so important at the time. I felt important at the time. I chased prestige. 
I love traveling here, there, everywhere, lots of times first class. Thought I must be really, really important. But in the end, I finally realized it wasn't worth it at all. Physically, I was unhealthy. Psychologically, I was only career and money focused. Mentally, all efforts went into corporate things. If I could give back much of the money and the titles and the prestige I earned in exchange for that time I gave up, I would do it in a heartbeat. I think people who say they have no regrets in life are, well, not being honest to say it nicely. That's not to say there were not positives in these pursuits. I met amazing people, had many accomplishments I was really proud of, produced some good work, but it wasn't personally fulfilling to my core. It was unfocused. It was society-driven. It was material-driven in many ways. Now I work for probably less than half most years than I used to make. I mean, I hustle teaching contracts year to year. I lack full job security. But right now, I'm more focused, clear-thinking, healthy, and content than I've ever been in a very long time. Sure, I've had those opportunities to be a full-time faculty member at colleges since leaving the rat race, but I prefer the freedom and flexibility. My time to me now is more valuable than the monetary trade-off and security. I'll take the variable. I'll take the freedom. Reject the safety. took me a long time to get here, and there has been much, much soul-searching and pain along the way, but... I feel like I'm getting there. If the premise is most people stay in their just okay job because truly they don't have a passion that would drive them to a major change, then it's time to uncover that passion. That excuse, it doesn't work if you're not willing to try to figure it out. So let's explore some ways to uncover your passions. I think the first one, let your pain be your purpose. You know, the things that we struggle with the most can give us insights into our purpose. And a lot of times our purpose lies directly next to the pain we experience. Reflect on those things in your life that you've struggled with and consider that your passions may be in alleviating some of the struggles for others. I love teaching the humanities. Even now podcasting, I enjoy it. As I can talk about things connecting the intellectual, the philosophical, the historical with real world things going on right now. Things I see happening now or I've gone through in the past. Helping students who struggle with stuff. I was a terrible student for almost all my college career. I was an awful high school student. And, you know, helping them overcome that, it's right where I want to be. For you, what is it? Understanding your pains and the things you've struggled with may actually help you understand where to focus your energies and efforts going forward. The second one is really hard, maybe the hardest one of all of them, and one of them that I still lament every now and again when I remember some of my older paychecks versus my current paychecks, but stop worrying about the money side of things. Heck, if if all that mattered was making money, We could all be medical doctors or computer science engineers. It isn't just about the money. I know it's cliche, but it is true. Too many people get sucked in and then spit right back out of a career worrying about money. I was one of them. So often we try to put this pressure on ourselves to make money. 
you have to give yourself permission to go ahead and explore the passions in your life without considering the monetary gains or losses. Maybe you just start pursuing something on the side while making what you need to make to survive, but you got to be creative and you just got to calm down about the money thing. The third thing, reconnect to your inner child. You know, a funny thing happens when we get older. We stop focusing on the present moment. We're just way too worried about things that are coming up in the future or we're fretting over the mistakes that we made in the past. You can't find your passions this way. You need to go back to the time in your life when you had boldness and try to connect to those things that you love to do. How did you spend your time? What were your favorite activities and interests? Consider diving back into some of those same things today. And who knows, you may find an ability to find your passion based on what you used to do and you just abandoned it. Another really hard one, spend time in silence. Look, you don't you don't need to be a guru. You don't need to hire a life coach. How about trying this first? Just get a pen and paper, turn off the cell phone, sit down, think, read, be alone, listen to yourself, ask yourself what you really want to do or become, go to a coffee shop for a few hours and just sit and think and consider things. You don't have to take a a retreat to a beach in Bora Bora. You just need to separate yourself from all the noise for maybe a couple hours every uh, every few days or twice a week whatever it is and you may find some part of you already knows and you deep down already know what it is that you want to try and pursue and just think about it that introspection is such a powerful tool to help you find your next passion it's about releasing and letting go to open up to yourself I do say this to you, though, because even before I started this podcast, you have to write it down. When you think it, make it real. Make it tangible. Sometimes when I write some ideas or concepts down, it's just total garbage. Other times there are shreds of good things I use. But you have to write things down. As if you don't write them down, when you think it, it's going to disappear. You have to be very intentional with this. And you'll be amazed the things you can come up with and, and speak into life from this transference from your mind onto paper or onto a computer screen. I don't actually use pen and paper anymore. I have a laptop. I use a computer screen. But whatever works for you, you have to spend time alone in silence. This one can be hard. Surround yourself with others living their passion. You've probably heard you know, this idea that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. We say that again, you're probably the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Are the friends, the family, the people you're currently connected to living their passions, or are they leading lives absent of real purpose? Ouch. This one is a really tough question because if you don't spend time with people that are pushing themselves, you end up like the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So you have to be willing to evaluate your connections and surround yourself with a different group of people who are leading the kind of lives you want to emulate. 
that's hard and it's not easy. But in this connected world, if there's a positive of social media, if there's a positive of this online world we live, it's you can find groups online, find communities or classes or church groups that are feeding change, not feeding status quo negativity. It's really it's it's hard enough, you know, to change when you have support of other people. But let alone try and change when you're surrounded by people who are naysayers, completely satisfied, living out their life in a status quo. Don't forget that statement. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Contribute to something bigger than yourself. This is almost cliche and personal development jargon, but it's true. What you do and what you spend your time on can't just be about you. If it is... Well, it's probably going to end up shallow and empty. It just will. Sure, there can be short-term personal successes, and there should be, and we should celebrate them. But in the long term, whatever it is that you decide is your passion, it should contribute to something, to somebody beside yourself. This process of self-actualization, it is by no means a straight line. And yeah, you may need to keep doing that job you don't like, while you try and figure out who you are and what your passion is, and that's completely okay. Before I finally quit my last corporate job, and it was a hard, hard final job, and I knew I couldn't, I knew I was tired of this corporate world. I was, I I knew it wasn't what I wanted, and, you know, as I got close to the end of it, I was literally working three jobs simultaneously. I had the main job, which was a full-time corporate gig, and then I had two other side jobs I was doing online from home, and I was doing this for almost eight months, eight months of time trying to accumulate enough cash that was going to allow me to just jump ship, handle the change in income level, to get back into full-time, to teaching on a contract, uh, and so that, so that financially it was, it was viable. And I mean, that was eight months of going from like 5 a.m. I was up, it was a job in downtown Tampa, 28th floor of one of those high-rise buildings, and I was stuck in rush hour going in. I was stuck in rush hour going out. It was a nightmare. But that was what I had to do to put myself in a spot where I am now. And I don't know what it is for you or what it would take. But you have to figure that out on your own. But you're not going to figure it out if you don't go through those steps and those processes that I just talked about. Because at the end, when you get to the end of life, whatever, whenever that might be, What did you trade your time for? What did you pursue from a career standpoint? And why did you do it? If at the end of your life you say you stayed 30, you spent 30 to 40% of your life in a job, well, because I had bills to pay, that's not, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. You have so much more that you could do. Did you maximize and you need to maximize your time? Not just for yourself, but for your family, for your friends, and for others. It's such an important question. Why we do what we do. You need to be able to answer that question. And then, when you can answer that, you have discovered 
what a self-actualized life looks like for you. And only you can answer that question and only you can explore it. And oh, by the way, if you live a just okay life all the way through and never change, that's also on you too. It's not on society. So hopefully in hearing this podcast, it will spur some of you to go out there and start trying to figure out why you do what you do, and if necessary, make the plunge and start the change. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I hope you found value in this topic. This episode was all about you and understanding why you do what you do. And even more importantly, pushing yourself out of the comfort zone into a more fulfilling life. Remember, I generally publish new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So if you click like or follow, you'll be alerted when new episodes come available. Until the next episode, I hope you have a wonderful week.